welcome to the Stone Builders Hour with Pastor Gary and my lovely wife, Elder J.C. Montgomery. We're in the house today. Yes, thank you, thank you. Hello, Tallahassee. Uh, before I get started, I do want to send out a just a prayer vigil out to those families and those who assisted us during the Afghanistan war. Uh, we know that they are scrambling to get our people out, but just know I'm um, sending the Holy Spirit there to let them know to not have a spirit of fear, mm. but a power, yes. love, and a sound mind so that they can get out safely. And we just ask that in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. Well, we welcome you, our radio audience, to another show where, again, parents are the topic. Yes. We need help in navigating the waters of our spouse, children, and family. So last week we had part one. So this week we're going to do part two. So Parents Are Seeds Part Two is the title. Pastor and I look forward to sharing what God expects from us for those of us who are parents. And he expects a lot. Well, and praise God. You know why this this is when you said that prayer for the Afghan uh, American citizens that are, I pray that they're not left behind, but those are parents, children of parents. Yes. And, and uh, so this, this show is relevant. Yes, Especially it is. what I'm about ready to say, because, um, now let me just get started. You know, JC, last week we did talk about parents or seeds. seeds. That's it. The Almighty wants a person to honor his parents and other authority figures. But first, the family is the basic building block of society. The stability of the family is so essential to the the stability of the community. The family is the basic building block of government. Yes. And that's what's going on over there. Government is dysfunctional right now, and families are dysfunctional right now. Being separated, being torn apart, uh, possibly killed, murdered, bludgeoned. For your belief. Yes, and they believe in the Christian principles and the United States of America. Wow. Ooh. Seems like we that's another show on Yes, this. it is. <laughs> <laughs> but we are talking about parents are seeds. And and that means that there's a lot of seeds that are dysfunctional right yes. now. And the, but the lessons and principles learned from honoring, respecting, and submitting to one's parents results in society stable enough to promote the development of the whole person. Yes. You know what I'm saying? If not, this will happen. This is what's going to happen. And we're watching it right now, right before our eyes. Yes. And we watched it over the summertime when our cities were burning. Yes. When dishonoring parents is taken to an extreme, it produces anarchy Mm. that will reach out to infect the community as well. And we see that. That's why teen violence in our 32304 uh, zip code is the highest per capita in the state of Florida. And we live in that 32304 zip code. Yes, we do. But we love our neighborhood. (laughs) Praise God, because neighborhood is made up of people. Yes, and family. Anarchy describes, let me just tell you, an absence of government. That's what's going on over there in Afghanistan. Yes, it is. 
It defines general disorder, a time when each person does what is right in his own eyes. And I'm going to refer to Judges uh, 21-25 that states back during those days, it states in those days there was no king in Israel. And every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Can you trust your neighbor's eyes? If we're all family. If we're all honoring our parents, well, God wants us to learn to honor our parents because it's the basic building block for not only the family, the government, but ultimately the kingdom of God, the kingdom of the almighty. The godly principles learned and the character built within the human family unit is transferable into the spiritual family relationship of the kingdom of God. Mm. That's why... Hey, grandmothers and parents, you know, in the days gone by, took their children to church. And with taking them to church, they ultimately learn those principles. And what it says, train up a child in the way they should go and they will not depart from from it. They might waver a little bit, but they'll come back. <laughs> I'm one of those. <laughs> <laughs> so there's proof that there is a chance for you. <laughs> yeah, say, if I can be saved, this is open for anybody. Yes, it's anybody. So the Almighty expects a transference from parents to him of the character and the manner of living derived from want, keeping his commandments. No, my commandments. <clears throat> his commandments. Mm. And what are they? Those Ten commandments. It's only ten. Hey, come on, folks. We can follow Only that. ten, yes. <laughs> Parents are his representatives, his agent to begin preparation for the kingdom of God. So if parents, if we're doing our job, we're preparing ourselves for the ultimate rule with God in the kingdom. After creating Adam and Eve and announcing that he had created them one in his image. Hey, and I'm going to say the ending to that. Male and female, he created them. That's in Genesis. Jehovah establishes the family through Uh-oh. marriage. Oh, marriage. Yes. Marriage. Marriage. Marriage, therefore, plays an important role in God's overall purpose of creating man in his image. The, this fact provides the fifth commandment with its greatest degree of significance that parents are the seeds to build the kingdom. And, and if you want to hear a little bit more, go back to our podcast last week with Parents Are Seeds because we talked about We really got into the fifth commandment. So God wants to establish us as a family. That's always what he wanted is for us to be family. I tell you, I feel so blessed to be married to my lovely wife, uh, JC, for 49 years. I get get paid later on (laughs) for those 49 years. And the fact that we have four children and eight grandchildren and they all love the Lord. That's the reward is to be able to uh, produce solid people with families. Yes. That's everlasting life. That's the life that is being passed down through history, our seed and generation. But just as JC uh, stated about building a kingdom, parents are the seeds to that kingdom. And you know what? It's challenging for all of us. Here's why. In 1960, 
Seventy-two percent of America. Wow, nineteen sixty. I was. Yep, yep. I, I was not, okay. It was 72, eleven. Yeah, seventy-two percent of American adults were married, mm. and that's according to the uh, Census Bureau. But by twenty fourteen, this number dropped to lower than fifty percent. Wow, it's now lower than it's like yes, you might as well say it's like forty five percent now. At that point. For the first time in the history, single people outnumbered married folks here in America. Wow. And as the marriage rates dropped, out of wedlock births skyrocketed. Mm. While in 1960, 73% of children lived in a home with a dad and a mom in their first marriage. But by 2014, this figure dropped to 46%. Mm. Boy, do we have a show for you today. We got a show for you today. So stay tuned for another adventure in the scriptures. Stay with us. We'll be right back. When my troubles surround me. Lord, you told me that you'd be right there. It seemed like all my problems had just begun. But I didn't have to worry no more. They were already won. I'm Pastor Gary Montgomery with my lovely wife, Elder J.C. of Living Stones International, the sponsor of the Stone Builders Hour. We are about to launch on a new platform, iHeartRadio and YouTube. Now you get a chance to see what we look like. You don't want to miss it. So join us on the various podcast stations that we're already on. Apple, Google, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and now iHeart. Praise God. Become a friend by sponsoring the program monthly with a $25 gift and receive your Stone Builders t-shirt today. Not tomorrow, today. We can't wait to hear from you. So contact us at 850-219-0091 or email us info, I-N-F-O, at we livingstones.org Hi, Elder J.C. Montgomery here with a parenting snippet just for you. Mom, you're a gateway. When talking with the father of your children, the only thing you can control is what you do and speak. You have the best chance to affect what he says and does when you remain calm. Listening skills include the ability to sense sound, paying attention to your tone, paying attention to what you hear. That is listening. So pay attention, moms. Someone is listening to you. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Stone Builders Hour with Pastor Gary and Elder J.C. Montgomery, who are founders of Living Stones International. Yes, yes, yes. And also the major sponsors for the Stone Builders Hour. All right. Which we also just show. We also are our host, praise God. Yes. But, you know, don't forget we have 
a great gift for those who become a $25 monthly donor. We have a, we got a great gift for you as you for just join us as a stone builder. And you could do that by visiting our website at we living stones. That's one word. We living stones.org and click the donate button. Your faithful donation will support this radio show, our prison ministry, our parenting classes and snippets. Also remember not only you can listen on Wave 94.1 FM, but at your convenience on Spotify, SoundCloud, TuneIn, uh, Stitcher, Google, Apple Podcasts, and now iHeartRadio. Praise God, we're on iHeart. So you can listen to us at any time. All our previous shows, what a blessing. I want to say thank you, Doug, Apple, and Wave94 for being a partner of ours. Now you can hear us whenever. We've got some nice t-shirts. It says Stone Builders Hour on them. All right. Oh, they're black with some white prints. They go with, hey, they look nice with anything. Jeans, dress shirts, anything. Come on, I got male and female sizes too. So just give me a shout out uh, through, matter of fact, I want to give you my phone number, 850-219-0091 and put your order in and we'll be glad to ship it out to you. If you're here locally, I'll even bring it to your house or a business or office. So God bless you all. One of the things when you talk about uh, the different podcasts, one of the exciting things that we're waiting to uh, let you know about is we are going to be eventually on YouTube. So now, Pastor, I think we got slimmed down a little oh, bit God. because people are going to be able to see what we look like. Man, that was great hiding behind yeah. the mic. <laughs> <laughs> and at that point, we're going to ask you to, of course, like and subscribe so and get the uh, up the new episodes as they come forward. So stay tuned for that. But one of the things that you mentioned earlier when you were mentioning the statistics and how far off we've dropped from 72% down to 46% in terms of children being in uh, both uh, mom and dad being in the home is I can remember the story when my uh, cousin of my uncle, um, he had five children, uh, two boys, three girls. I'm going to call him out. Uncle Buster. Uh, Yes. And one of the things the, uh, the youngest daughter next to the youngest ended up getting pregnant and we didn't know what was going on. All we know is we came in one Sunday for a visit and the next thing we know, we're part of a marriage ceremony. And where all the kids are going, huh? She's getting married. She's getting married. I mean, she was still young. I was older than she was, but yeah. she was getting married. This is like 67, yes. 1968. So we're all looking. And afterwards, I went over to talk to her. And I says, what is going on? Why are you getting married? You're so young. And she says, "It's." she says, my dad's forcing me. And I said, forcing you and she says i'm gonna have a baby so during that time it was not the end thing to get pregnant you had to be married in order to have a child and what we used to call it was a shotgun wedding yeah because the man had to step in and step up to be the father of that child and not saying that that is the way to go but there was a dad in her home who wanted that young man mm-hmm. to be the father as he as he got free stuff he had to take responsibility for that so that's the difference mm-hmm. of when you have the dad and mom in the home when the dad's there there's going to be certain rules that have to be 
played out and abide by because he's not going to have any hanky panky. Well, I know back during the day when one of our friends, I guess somebody had been about 10th or 11th grade and, and I won't call his name out, but uh, he uh, got a, a friend of ours uh, pregnant. Yeah, and, I remember. And uh, we couldn't believe that that she's the first person that I was aware of of my age group in that time period. Right. So we're talking about 67, yes, 68. We, and uh, we beat him up. Yeah, uh, we and my boys get together. We we were pushing him around. We didn't beat him up, beat him down. But you know, you shove and push, and man, and then you start joking. Yes. And it's like, man, why did you do that, man? Come on, dude, and take care of your responsibility. Well, a lot of times too, when uh, young women uh, did get pregnant, they got sent off. If they had family in the south, they were gone until their <laughs> baby was born, and then they were shipped back home, and you never heard anything else about it. We live in different times, yeah. but there's still a rule of law that we need to be abiding by our parents. But, you know, the concept of family is extremely important in the Bible. God thinks it's important. That's how he started it off, both in a physical sense and in a theological sense. The concept of family was introduced when? Genesis one twenty eight. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So God gave us dominion over the earth, but we do it as a family unit. God's plan for creation was for men and women to marry and have children. A man and a woman would form a one flesh union through marriage, Genesis 2.24. And they, with their children, become a family, the essential essential building block of human society. That's where we get started. We also see early on that family members were to look after and care for one another. When God asked Cain, where is Abel your brother? Cain's response was so flippant. Am I my brother's keeper? Everybody uses that now. But God already knew that he had killed his brother. The implication is that, yes, Cain was expected to be Abel's keeper and vice versa. Not only was Cain's murder of his brother an offense against humanity in general, but it was especially egregious because it was the first recorded case of murdering one sibling. Now, that started at the beginning, y'all. So you know that where we are today in our society is a total mess. There is no way. I mean, what is it? Matthew 24, Yeshua said there'll be wars, rumors of wars, disasters. Look what's happening in um, Tennessee where they had the flooding. Homes were actually just taken off their foundations and floated down the river. We Until we come back to God and give him his just due, keep his commandments, we are going to be seeing even more disasters. And as we get through a little bit longer, when we talk about disease, hey, I found out there may be a new one out there, y'all. And have you heard? But we'll come back to that. Yeah, I want to know. (laughs) 
that's what I want to know. Praise God. You know, the Bible has a more communal sense of family than is generally held in our Western culture. Yes. Where citizens are more individualized than they are in the rest of the world, especially in that Middle East area. Yes. When I'm looking at that Afghanistan situation, and even over in some of the Middle East situations, that they require the women to wear these burqas. And all I see is burqas that are black, and it could be 100 degrees, but you're wearing a burqa, and all you got is your eyesight. I'm not even sure this burqa got air vents, but but that is jive what they making the women do over there i was gonna say because like, the, you see the husband and the and the, and the sons and even the daughters who are are younger they don't have to wear that they're in nice cool yeah. linen clothing <laughs> and here comes the woman with a long draped apparatus all uh, over her and i know why that's for because they're blaming the women for what blaming happened. Eve. yes what happened but wait a minute I think Adam has to take some responsibility too, because remember, he left her in the garden by herself. Okay, you can go. I <laughs> uh, could have said uh, whatever she hooked up must look good because uh, he gave up a whole lot when he did that. Boy. Yes, he did. He's sorry. If you read the Apocrypha, and there's some stories in the Apocrypha that will give you uh, how Adam really was remorseful and hurt and depressed about what had happened and being kicked out of the garden. So I encourage you to read the various books of the Apocrypha, which was in the original Bible yes, that it is. King, King James put together back in the 1600s. And they really didn't take it out until around the late 1800s, right. like 1870, 1890, somewhere around there. They took the Apocrypha away from the Bible. And now you just have the Bible. But I tell you that Apocrypha it really gives you some insight into the a connection rest of yes. the story. Praise God. Well, when you mentioned that, just real quick, uh, we have a hundred year uh, a Bible that was from the 1850s and yeah, the Apocrypha. It's about 1878. Right. And the Apocrypha is actually incorporated into that Bible from yeah. chap- verse and chapter. We've had it for a long time. Didn't even know what it was about mm-hmm. until we started uh, reading, researching. <laughs> Praise God. You know, when God saved Noah from the flood, those people were so wicked that he brought the flood on them, folks. Mm-hmm. Man, I want to kill all y'all. It wasn't an individual case salvation, but a salvation for Noah, his wife, and his sons, and his sons' wives. Yes. In other words, his family was saved. And just go back, Genesis 6, 18. But with thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wives, and thy, wife, and thy sons' wives will be there with you. And in Genesis twelve forty five, you know, when the Almighty called Abraham out of Haran, he called them as his family. Yes. And the sign of the Abrahamic covenant, which is circumcision. Yeah. Sorry, men. You know, if you wanted to be, you got to get circumcised. It was to be applied to all males within one household, whether they were born into the family or part of the household servants. So whoever's in your household, or maid, the cook, mm-hmm. whatever, had to be part of that. Yeah. You know, but God again, just wants us to keep his commandments. And God's covenant with Abraham was familial, not individual. So that means he looked at the family unit 
not Abraham by himself. Right. The importance of family can be seen in the provisions of the Mosaic covenant that comes after that because what did Moses bring? He brought the Ten Commandments. For example, two of the Ten Commandments deal with maintaining the cohesiveness of the family. And we talked about that last week. The Fifth Commandment regarding honoring parents is meant to preserve the authority of parents in family matters. Because it says, honor your father and mother, so your days shall be longer. And the Seventh Commandment prohibiting adultery protects the sanctity of marriage and what does it also say the marriage bed is undefiled so that means sex outside of marriage is defiled i mean hey let's god's very specific call it what it is from the these two commandments flow all of the various other stipulations in the mosaic law which seek to protect marriage and the family the health of the family was so important to god that it was codified in the national covenant of Israel. So Israel, as we of us who are believers in the true word of God, know that we need to keep these commandments. Praise God. You know, this is not solely an Old Testament phenomenon. The New Testament makes many of the same commands and prohibitations. Yeshua speaks on the sanctity of marriage and against frivolous divorce, as in Matthew 19. Now, Matthew 19, that's a big chapter. So, you know, it just basically goes through the story of, of um, you know, how you suffer. You got to go through some things and and um, how, you know, putting away your wife and who should marry and. If you well, married and commit adultery and well, you know, I'm goes gonna, some stuff. Yeah, I'm going to interject in this. It's just like man, when God says do this, that he's always trying to find a way out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's face it, it. It's the same thing while uh, our marriages are less, lasting less than 50%. Because people get in, it's a covenant. You're supposed to commit to it. But now we have, what's it called? irreconcilable differences so that could be anything because people don't want to stick to the commandments you know the apostle paul talks about what christian home should look like when he gives the commands of to the you know double command of children obey your parents and parents don't provoke your children those are two powerful commands you know, Ephesians 6, 1 through 6, 4, and Colossians 3, 20 and 21, you study those, study those scriptures there. And in 1 Corinthians 7, which is also a long one, it says the unbelieving spouse is sanctified through the believing spouse, meaning among other things that the unbelieving spouse is in a position to be saved through the witness of the believing spouse. Do you understand that? Yeah. And ladies, uh, if your husband's unsaved, that don't mean nag him. It says, by your example, shall you show and bring him to the light. And husbands, the same way. If your wife's unsaved, it's not about nagging. It's about through your works that you will see and people will want to change because they'll be want to be just like you. Amen. You know, that's, that's so important. So I think we have to take a little break right now. Um, just stay tuned to the Stone Booters Hour with Pastor Gary and Elder JC and we'll be right back. 
This is Dewey Rio with Noble, the National Organization of Black Law Enforcement Executives. Noble serves as the conscience of law enforcement. Our aim is to ensure fairness in the administration of justice and public service to all. We also support our youth through scholarships, mentoring, and educational programs. With over 3,000 members worldwide who work in the criminal justice system, our goal is to offer solutions to law enforcement issues and concerns in the communities we serve. North Florida Noble chapter members are also your neighbors. Many are first responders answering calls to your emergency and safety needs. We have members in education, social services, and other areas. We've chosen to be guardians in our community, but we need your help. Through these messages, we'd like to provide information for your safety and improve communications with law enforcement. This message is presented by this radio station and the North Florida chapter of Noble. For more information, visit noblenorthflorida.com, and together we can promote justice by action. Hi, I'm Cheryl Bolt. I met Pastor Gary Montgomery and his wife, JC, at Livingstones International while working here at Wave 94. I love Pastor Gary and JC. I love their hearts. I love their passion for the families who are affected by incarceration. Imagine how you would feel if you were unable to be with your children because of choices you now regret, choices that landed you in prison. We may never know the difference LSI, Livingstones International, is making for these families. What if LSI didn't have the funds to reach out to the children whose mom or dad or both were serving time? This is why I became a monthly LSI sponsor. Would you please consider giving to help support this important ministry? Give whatever God leads you to give as a one-time gift or as a monthly sponsor. Your giving will change lives and will encourage Pastor Gary and JC to continue the work they now are so committed to do. Go to their website, welivingstones.org, or Google Livingstones International Tallahassee and support this worthwhile ministry. Thank you. Well, we're back. We're back. We're yeah, back. See we're back. Fast. Yeah. Well, you know, we always do try to do a short break because we have so much material <laughs> to cover. I just want you to know and uh, turn our attention to what we really believe in terms of the family as theology. Remember Yeshua during his three-year ministry? He shattered some prevailing notions of what it meant to be part of a family. While Yeshua was still talking to the crowd, remember his mother and brother stood outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside waiting to speak to you. And what did he say to them? Who is my mother? Mm. And who are my brothers? Mm. Pointing to his disciples, he says, here are my mother and my brother." Brothers, for whoever does the will of my father is my brother and sister and mother. Let me repeat that again. Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven 
is my brother and sister and mother. Mm-hmm. So I'm a sister to Yeshua. And that's, you can see that. Uh, I'll read Matthew 12, 46 uh, through 50 to just show um, what that stands for. So Matthew 12, 46 through 50, while Jesus was still talking to the crowd, and that's the story. Someone came to him and said, who's my brother? Who's my sister? And he says, and I'm going to read the end, for whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and my sister. So believers, radio audience, we just need to do the will of the father because then we will share in the kingdom with God, Yeshua, the Holy Spirit, and other believers. Yeshua is not saying that biological family isn't important because, yes, we are responsible. We heard about Cain. He, he is his brother's keeper. He is not dismissing his mother and brothers. What he is doing is making the clear theological point that in the kingdom of heaven, the most important family connection is spiritual, yes, not just physical. And that's part, a lot of part of why we're, we get into trouble, not only as believers, but just as people, because we think everything is physical. Who was it? Um, when I think about during our time period, it was Elizabeth Taylor, and she was on, working on, she was getting married for the seventh time. <laughs> and I kept shaking my head. I know what, and at that point, I don't think we might have been married like maybe 20 years or something. And I'm thinking to myself, I could do this seven times? What? <laughs> but to her, it probably was a physical attraction or a physical thing, but it wasn't spiritual. Because if it was sp- spiritual, she would have been only married one time. And I know there are circumstances where women have to get out of a relationship if it's harmful, uh, if you're... Uh, in fear of your life and things like that. But we're talking about people who just keep getting divorced and getting remarried. If you haven't figured it out the first time, doing it over and over again is not going to change. But this is a truth which is made explicitly clear in John's gospel when the evangelist says, yet to all who receive him, to those who believe in Yeshua's name, Yeshua gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but they are born of God. That comes from John 1, 12 through 13. So just know, you connected to Yeshua, you are born in the family of God. You know, the, the, the parallels are clear. When, when we're born physically, we're born into a physical family. Correct. But when we are born again, we are born into a spiritual family and we are adopted into God's family. Mm. And he says that in Romans 8, 15, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption. Yes. Whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Thank you, Lord. Ooh, Abba Father. When when we're adopted into the almighty spiritual family, the church, God becomes our father and Yeshua our brother. Yes. This spiritual family is not bound by race, gender, 
or social standings. And not 400 divisions of male and female. <laughs> or gender, I take that back, 400 gender identities. I'm still trying yeah, to find out. We, we, I, I stopped at five. I can't no, even get I stopped at five. I, 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 I got to research that. Yeah, we got to have they, to look it up. They just saying that. They just <laughs> threw that out there. There is no 400. I don't know. <laughs> Keep going. You have get delayed here. <laughs> the Apostle Paul, you know, he says in, in Galatians 3 26 through 29, you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. Yes. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one Christ Jesus. You're all in one with him. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to his promise. Mm. I wonder, just thinking back, if we truly believe that we are part of the family of God, that we're looking at what does our Bible say? I mean, have have we been looking it up? Because that's one of the things that, I, in fact, I, I just had to do a quick research to go back to look at uh, sons and adoption. And there's a lot of stuff in there about being adopted into the family of God. Mm. And sometimes you you read, I believe it was um, Romans 8, 15. So why don't we look at what the Bible says about family? Mm. The physical family, we always been, we say that over and over again on our program. If you've been listening to us, you know that we're not saying anything different but the physical family is the most important building block to human society. And as such, it should be nurtured and protected. Sometimes my heart just hurts so much when I see um, young mothers, especially when they're out with their children and how they're yanking their arms and they're, they're mm. walking or they got to go somewhere and they're pulling them. And it, that's not the way we were expected to bring up our children. But when you're under duress, when you're not in the best of situations, we do the worst. But more important than that is the news that creation that God is making in Christ is going to be comprised of, we said, a spiritual family, the church, made up of all people who call upon the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. And I know a lot of times we use the terms Christian, uh, adoptions and things of that nature. But I believe if we are true believers, yep. we're following yep. that word that we are the church and that by our actions will others see and know us. This is a family drawn from every nation, tribe, people, and language. And that comes from Revelation 7 uh, through 9 that says, after this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. 
They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands because, hey, let's face it, they made it. Praise they God. They are the true believers. And the defining characteristic of this spiritual family is love for one another. Mm. Isn't that what John 13, 34, 35 says? A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. Sometimes I know it's hard when it's your neighbor (laughs) and don't look like they're doing what you believe they should be doing. But you know, love conquers all. But the end of that says in 35, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples Mm. if you love one another. And just getting back just a couple on what we're talking about, this adoption, Galatians 4, 5 says, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoptions of sons. Mm. So we want to be redeemed under the law because we're keeping the commandments. Remember now, we keep coming back to that. And Ephesians 1, 5 says, having predestinated us into the adoption of children by Jesus Christ or Yeshua to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. God wants it. Mm. This is his pleasure. He wants to be part of the family. You're his family. And he's looking for you to come with him in the ultimate rulership. On this earth. Now, we're not going up in the sky. No, we're going, everybody thinking they're going to be out of here and it's going to be like a planet somewhere else. But God created the earth for our dominion. So at that point in time, we need to get it right. And even when he says in a new earth. Yes. So. Well, you know what that means. I'm just so thankful that we accepted uh, the Bible as our operating manual. Yes. And uh, because it has uh, done us well. Yes, it has. To follow that. And I know when uh, in the past when got off track, boy, it's so easy to be derailed. But the promise of being able to get back on track again. Oh, boy, talk about forgiveness and mercy from the Almighty, it will bring you to your knees. Yes, it tears, will. Which is really a cleansing. It's really a cleansing. That's why a strong family built on biblical model with a faithfully married, family-focused father and mother intent on fulfilling their roles is an ideal of any clear-thinking person should want to treasure Only after people learn this vital lesson will the Almighty be able to finally teach all nations the way to true peace, joy, and prosperity. Because a lot of folks are not in God's family. We can look at that at Afghanistan, but we can look around any place. In your neighborhood. uh, Even Haiti. I mean, Haiti had a massive earthquake. And it's like, man, how come uh, Dominican Republic, which we've traveled to and had vacations at how come that side island is eh, all right but haiti boy they always be getting, gets it and then they haitians there was like some people who just got arrested some families got arrested off of uh book of Raton. 
I mean, you cross in the water. That's only 90. Well, I'm not even sure how long it is. But they arrest them and send them back. But you got people from Mexico come over and oh, let, me go, let me go back to the family. Okay. Well, all we can do is as we live in these trying times, because it is truly trying times. On all of us. <laughs> prayers. But prayers work. That's why yes, you got to pray do. for Haiti yes. as much as you're praying for them Afghans. Yes, yes. That's why I. I did the prayer in the beginning, but that was just because that's the current news, but Haiti's always in the news. Prayers are important to overcome seen and unseen difficulties. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when I think about some of the situations, in fact, I was up a few nights ago and even this morning early. One of the things that I do is I always ask God, why does he have me up so early? What is it that I need to see? What is it who I need to pray for? Because those are the wee hours when you're sending out those prayers that the angels, that messengers, that the Holy Spirit can go to those directions and help those. Well, they can communicate with you better because yeah, during no noise. the day there's distractions, <laughs> true. everything's going on. That's true. But they're the, the wee, wee hours. Yes. The twilight yes. of between darkness and light. Yes. It's... Uh, it's the greatest time and i love it it's dark no one to interface no one to bother you no one to say are you opening uh, the blinds are you making coffee you know none of that but again family is the foundational unit of our society of our society also the family is our first ministry yeah That's it is what, when you look at it yes it is um We've been working in this in this ministry for it's going on going to be fifteen years at the end of the year, beginning of next year, and I just every time I say that fifteen years, and then thinking about we retired from our business, business after being in business thirty five years. years. So in two thousand seven, we started. All right, you need to cut it. Oh, okay. Talk that's about right. We're talking about family. All right, <laughs> we talking about family. Well, well, that's our first ministry. Yes, it is, and yes, that's what is. led us into Living Stones because we were already in ministry yes yes because we had to minister to the people we were hiring they <laughs> hey, everybody needs some, some help with oh yes Praise we do God. they are the people who are always with us and those we will spend the rest of our lives with and know that you can't get rid of them can't shake them off you can for, you can try to forget about them but they always go and pop nothing up nothing happens in the yeah. world that don't happen in your own family true so you got crackheads yes. you got doctors and lawyers yes. and Indian chiefs yes. along with thieves in prison yes. and, or I don't call it in prison they in time out <laughs> big time big out big time out for that reason the family ought to stick together no matter what happens And praying for our families always is one way to achieve this goal. As the saying goes, a family that what? Prays together, stays together. Thank you, Lord. Praying with our family strengthens our bond. It teaches the children, especially to form a habit of prayer, depending on God for all that they need. And I love when our grandchildren come to us and say, can we pray because there's something, not necessarily they're going through because they're only children sometimes, but there's something that comes on their spirit that they feel that they need to pray for for other brothers and sisters, for their mom. It's just important. Praying daily with the family is a good habit to form, especially at the beginning and the end of each day. 
before they leave the house, especially yes. with this COVID uptick, you Going should back to grab school. your children yes. and pray a, a hedge of protection around them against that virus out there. Plus, build up your immune system with vitamin C, D3, zinc, and things yes. of that nature. Yes. Praying daily with the family, I said, is a good habit. It teaches each member of the family to seek God's will at all times no matter what the circumstances in life are. And as I taught a class way back when, pr- talking to God mm-hmm. is a 24-7 hour. Mm-hmm. Not job, but a way of life. Because then when you get that prayer in your spirit, when the enemy comes, mm-hmm. you have that response that you can give him because you're in the word, you're keeping the commandments, you're praying so that the spirit will make relevant to you what you need and for discernment for fighting back against the enemy for just even doing making decisions either in your ministry your business or your daily home life i mean he's there for that 24 7 i like that yeah I love it too because that's what I try to do. Is we're a twenty four seven dad. Uh-oh. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. See, we're a twenty four seven dad program. Yeah, and w- look at it. You're a dad twenty four seven. You're a mom twenty four seven. Parents, you're you should be available twenty four seven until the rest of your life. Yeah, hey, <laughs> truly, because we got grown children and we still twenty four seven. All right, we're going to come back, uh, taking a short Uh, break to talk about nationalizing family. We need to look at the family on on a national level. Hey, we need to look at the family on an international level because I know both, you mentioned Haiti and both what's happening in Kabul, Afghanistan, that families right now are in a vicarious situation. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. We love you, Lord. Pastor Gary Montgomery with my lovely wife, Elder JC of Living Stones International, the sponsor of the Stone Builders Hour. We are about to launch on a new platform, iHeartRadio and YouTube. Now you get a chance to see what we look like. You don't want to miss it. So join us on the various podcast stations that we're already on. Apple, Google, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and now iHeart. Praise God. Become a friend by sponsoring the program monthly with a $25 gift and receive your Stone Builders t-shirt today. Not tomorrow, today. We can't wait to hear from you. So contact us at 850-219-0091 or email us info, I-N-F-O, at we livingstones.org My Shiro doesn't always wear a cape but she always has time for a hug a smile for going the extra mile 
My Shiro stretches every dollar, puts in long hours, puts others first. But now it's your time, Mom. When you're ready to retire, we want you to be able to enjoy it. Get free tips to help boost your retirement savings now at aceretirement.org. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Stone Booters Hour where we're talking about Parents Are Seeds Part 2. Praise God. If you want to listen to Part 1, just go back to any of our podcast stations and you can find that. Matter of fact, you can find almost a year's worth of uh, of subjects and topics and just pick one, listen, and just uh, send us a, a postcard or sh- shoot us an email that you are stone builders. You want to become a friend of the stone builders, and we'll respond to you quickly. And you can do that by going to the website at welivingstones.org and click the donate button. There's also our contact information there. And soon, very soon, we're going to have an email for you just for the stone builders. So we'll know uh, if you send us an email for the stone builders, we know we can respond differently than in our our living stones, which is like um, ministry work, 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 work. So imagine hey, that's the world, what, JC said, that nationalizing the family. How do you do that? So imagine a world with perfect income equality. Nobody is born rich or poor. Parents don't pass along their wealth to their children. Wealth is distributed equally to the community at large. So all the money you make is now circulated around. Everybody get a check in the community off of you. In such a world, no child unfairly receives the worse education than his friends. All children receive a free education that uses standardized curriculum. All children gather together in one place to learn. In the world of income equality, the wage gap between men and women vanishes. No one feels obligated to do work for free, even housework, while his or her spouse earns an income outside the home. In fact, housekeeping is now a social industry staffed by paid professionals, allowing men and women to focus on careers while people taking care of their households. It seems like a lot going on a lot at the daycare centers. Mm-hmm. In this world, the care and education of children take place in community nurseries. All children, whether or not they were born to marry parents, are looked after by unbiased, paid professional adults. Children in two-parent homes where a mother enhances her children's education is no longer have social advantages above other children. Do we really want to nationalize our family? Uh, sounds oh. like utopia mm. or uh, some form of topia. <laughs> <laughs> this, about this Dystopia. <laughs> and there is a word <laughs> that says that. Men and women, as we go on with this scenario, no longer face the pressures of trying to make a marriage work for the sake of their children. Hmm. Many people stay, they have issues, but they stay together for that That child. child, Right, they do. And then once the children get old enough, they bounce. 
the welfare of the children is the responsibility of the community. Hmm. So parents enjoy the freedom to divorce for any reason they chose or chooses. The Institute of Marriage is separated from any social or economic connections and is an at-will association based on romantic and sexual attraction. That was the thing with uh, Liz Taylor. (laughs) Um, In a world free of of income inequality, the family is not the basic building block. Of society. Hmm. Doesn't sound quite right. Instead, the societal functions that the family traditionally provided are nationalized in the hands of the state. I don't know about you, but that sounds like oh. we, we, we said utopia and then we used the word dystopia. dystopia. Well, dystopia, there is a word. Is an imaginary place or state in which the condition of life is extremely bad as from deprivation, oppression, or terror. So even though this sounds ideal, mm-hmm. you know, we're not going to live up to that. Right. There's only going to be a certain amount of time that, that we'll be in la-la land. But, you know, <laughs> that is not the reality. And that is not how God set up the program. That's not how he designed it. You know, I know during the uh, during uh, uh, my coaching days in Pensacola for the Brent Raiders and then for um, the Little Flower Catholic School, I was uh, the head coach and um, and I would always catch it on who can play first team uh, and all the parents think their child was Emmett Smith or Tom Brady and when you play your best players. You know, a lot of parents had a lot of issues with that because they want their child is the best. But after evaluating everyone, we have to make a decision who's best for that position, who can play safely and also get the job done. And I'm sorry, I'm not one of those coaches that just rewards everybody because they, you know, a lot of folks just didn't, they just want to reward any and everybody. So this nationalizing of the family is really a disservice. Yes, it is. Because you cannot bring up your child spiritually. It's all physically. And that's why over 300 years ago, uh, between 1620, when, when they Plymouth Rock, they first hit that shore from England, and that sexual revolutions in the 60s, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, before the United States had one of the strongest family structures. All this changed with the rise of the counterculture movement that inspired it. The popularity of pornography and yes. premarital sex and do what you want to do during that sexual revolution led to undermining the marital bond, uniting families together, leading to abortion and divorces. As women now left their home in droves to join the workforce, children were left behind in local daycare centers instead of being raised at home. Oh, yep. I know this was different when our first two children, children were right, raised I, that way. Yes, they were. But the last two were at home. Yes. And you said that there was a totally different part being yes, there is. to homeschool the children. Yes. As 
These children reached adulthood that were raised in the daycare centers. Many of them gave up on the idea of marriage and family. Why? Because they gave up. They were discouraged by their parents. Yes. They're well aware that sex outside the marriage is now socially acceptable. Well, you know, um, one of the things you're looking at for all of this is that um, those children who were seldom reared at home with a mother and a father, at, with a stay-at-home mom and a working father, those periods between 1955 and 2015, the percentage of mothers in the workforce went from six Just with and, children. They with children them. went from six and seventeen percent to increase to thirty-eight to seventy, almost seventy-five percent. Wow! So without the masculine fathers and feminine mothers as examples. And I know all of you talk about this confusion about gender identity. That's where it's coming from. That people increasingly stated, started to question the very concept of sexuality itself. Mm. The confusion reached a new height in 2015 when the Supreme Court legalized homosexual marriage. The court decision represented the start of a new era where marriage is redefined not as a divinely sanctioned monogamous partnership between a man and a woman, really underpinning the family structure, but as any sexual relationship between consenting partners. Wow. 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 Well, my thing is, <laughs> oh, as we look at this. Man, nothing happens in the world that not happen to your own family. Yeah. Number one. And, that's one. And Pastor, I, I hate to do this to you, but we're, we're coming no. to, yes, to the end of the program. So well, we're going to miss our well, this, halting the, the is gonna be taking part a break. Yeah, we're going to have to do part three. All right. But so we'll what I say a prayer out. Yes, I think okay. what we need to do is pray ourselves out. And we're going to come back to really address some of these issues for family restoration. And I think you need to pray right now, Pastor, for family strength. Well, yeah, praise God. Oh, thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, you are our ultimate source of strength. When we are weak, you are strong. You lift us up when we are down. You renew my strength yeah. and we soar on wings like eagles. Thank you, Father for always raising us up with your mighty hands. How strong our bonds are with our families depend on you, Lord, which is why we ask you to always be the center of our family relationships. We invite you, Father. Enable our families to be as a triple braided cord yes. that cannot easily be broken. Thank you, Lord. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let your spirit fill our hearts so that we can love each other just as Christ loves us. In our times of trials and trouble, uh, Jehovah, we look to you. Life can hand us many different challenges that we know we cannot face on our own. But with you, Father, we believe that nothing is impossible. I believe it. 
We believe that you will always grant us the endurance to overcome any obstacle, any mountain that may come our way. You are our strength when we are weak, Father. And we are always grateful when you manifest your power through our lives. So I say all these we pray. In the name of Yeshua, I got to say amen. Amen, amen. And just remember, you can hear our other podcasts. Just go to iHeart I now. I can't believe it. Apple, Google, TuneIn, Stitcher, SoundCloud. And we are out. And I think next week, part three is going to be very interesting. <laughs> I think we need to do the research on the 400 gender identities. I think that's important. All right. So, so we're, we're going to come back with maybe more than five that we can say. <laughs> Peace out. See, listen out for us next week. God bless. We're out. We're out.